Well, let's start with just the basics. This is Church Jams Now. Wait, what is this? Guys, I was really hoping you'd get my reference. I was really excited uh, about it. No, I was. All day. No, no, no. That's the, those are, those what was are the, the question? first lyrics of, of the album we're talking about. Let's start with just the basics. Yeah. And y'all just, I I'm got I'm wondering like, what the question was. Uh, from okay. So this no, is, TJ's this doing is, it now. No, I missed the question. Let's, let's check this box now of a new way that we've <laughs> completely messed up. I was not expecting you to come out so strong. <laughs> I was like, he's going to do his regular I know, I love this, uh, spiel yeah. and then, then hey, we can jump I in. I know. You guys were not prepared not at mentally. All. I'm always ready for whatever weird curveball. That wasn't a weird curveball. That was a specific reference to the album we're going to talk about. Literally the first thing you hear on the record. Uh, this is Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former music kids and current music... Wait, no. Oh, my God. The podcast. The podcast where Kylan gets irritated when we I don't was, catch his record. I was going to say the same thing. Wait, what was the question? Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds do a deep dive on Christian music of the 90s and 2000s. I am your co-host, Kylan Savage. Hey, Kylan, what's hey, up? Hey. With me as always, not as always, because there have been times, you know, we've we've missed some stuff, but yeah. with me most ways is Mr. TJ Smith. <laughs> hey, TJ. <laughs> I love that, most ways. With me most ways. Yeah. It's really I'm good. Just, uh, I'm here, I'm most ways. And... Mentally, physically, mostly. Of course, joining us is our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. How are you doing, beautiful producer, Josh? I'm doing great. I'm very excited today. You are? I am. It's going to be a fun episode. Why are you so psyched? Uh, Just what we're talking about tonight. We've got a really good episode in store. TJ, isn't this one of your wish list albums? Or did I make that up? Ooh, was it? Did Mm, I make that up? It might be. I'm pretty sure this was one of your wish list records. I honestly I know can't remember my wish list. It at wasn't this point. me that brought it up. Although after all I talk about Emory on this episode, you'll think like, "Oh, Josh <laughs> brought this episode up, this record up," but I didn't. <laughs> Someone else did. It was a big one for me. So whether or not it was a wish list request, I am here for it, and I'm so stoked. All right. Well, let's start with just the basics. I'm sure that we can make it. I'm gonna keep trying to. I'm gonna keep trying to make this work. But every once in a while, <laughs> I think I'm lying. Is that the lyric, lying or trying? Uh, it's lying, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. lying, yeah. That would have been so good if I was more confident. <laughs> uh, guys, I don't know how I'm feeling. I was really excited, and now I don't know how I'm, I'm feeling. Sorry to <laughs> I'm getting a weird Take vibe. the wind out of your sails with that. <laughs> well, that's the question, right? How are you I feeling? I missed the question. What? <laughs> uh, we're talking about Emery. Yeah, we are. And this, this is our first album of theirs to cover, which Correct. is interesting. I know, I know. Um, I'm really excited. So Emery is kind of that fine line of like we've covered some like pretty heavy music but Mm -hmm. we haven't necessarily done the whole kind of like post hardcore thing which if we want to tease listeners we have a a specific mini series that we're not going to give too much away but you know starting in 2023 that we're going to do Uh, so if you're into this stick around till next year (laughs) 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 oh it's like how they release like like for marvel movies or star wars movies they'll release a teaser for the trailer like three years before the movie comes out and then they'll do like mm-hmm. well they'll do a teaser for a teaser for the trailer and then they'll do the teaser for the trailer at the end of this episode we need to have like a post-credit scene that like introduces <laughs> the miniseries 
Oh, that's so mm-hmm. good. And then by then, the plot will have changed entirely. Certain actors aren't even in, involved in the project exactly. anymore. We get to that point, it'll be Josh's podcast. For sure. And Kyle and I will be gone. Oh, I, I mean, I'm already quitting after this. <laughs> Dang it. You better not, buddy. Oh, had to get it in. We got there early on this one. I know. Well, you guys didn't get my joke, and I thought that was like the whole point of this show. So uh, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what my place is. I just have so many questions. <laughs> I think we're going to answer them on this episode. Cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think before we kind of get into the album and stuff, Josh, do you want to give us a little overview of Emery the band? I do. Uh, Emery is originally from Rock Hill, South Carolina but they relocated to Seattle, Washington, famously on September 11th of 2001. If you're a fan of oh, wow. any of their podcasts, they've talked about it multiple times on it, but it is a fascinating story. Yes, yeah. They left the day that the planes crashed into the tower, so they didn't even find out about it until they were at like a rest stop, like, I don't know, a couple hundred miles away from their home. That's wild. It wow. is. That's yeah, crazy. what a way to start your band. What an omen. <laughs> You'd be like, I don't yeah. know if we should do this, guys. <laughs> Also, I don't. I guess I'm just getting old. I just didn't imagine them being around in 2001. Yeah, that's when they started. But yeah, like I mean, yeah, Walls was what, like 2003, Four. 2004. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess we're just getting old. <laughs> we are, we are. But I, I feel you, Kylan, because I was in like middle school, you know, when this happened. So yeah. it was like to think of them as a band right. at that time is like, hmm. Okay. Yeah, but they were like yeah. just starting out. Like they hadn't done anything yet. They were moving to Seattle to get into the local scene because they thought it'd be good for them, as opposed to being in South Carolina, which was gotcha. such a good call. So yeah, as as we said, they started in two thousand one, and they have been going ever since. Uh, they never they've made jokes about this that they like unlike a lot of bands, they've never broken up and gotten back together again. So they kind of missed out on like some farewell and reunion tour money. Yeah, I mean they had like. <laughs> A little integrity in that way. Yes, they just kept on trekking. So, which I got, I got to respect, you know. Here's to them. Yep. Yeah. Members on this record are Toby Morell on lead vocals, Devin Shelton on also lead vocals, Matt Carter on guitars, Josh Head on screams and keys, Joel Chopper Green. Uh, it was on bass. This is his last record on bass with the band, and. Mm. Dave Powell, who plays drums, and this was his first record with the band. Uh, other than Joel Green leaving, this is the same lineup that has still persisted throughout basically the whole Emery's career. Devin left for a little bit, but uh, current Emery is this same lineup with, or the same those same five guys with a new member, actually. Oh, cool. So, yeah. And right then uh, the question was released August 2nd, 2005, so it just turned 17 years old. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, we yes. are old. We are very old. <laughs> uh, this is the second record in Emery's discography. It was only released one year, six months, and six days after their first album, The Week's End. So that's a quick turnaround of 553 days. I remember that. I remember that because, like, because Walls was so big. I think for a lot of people, like, that that was my introduction to Emery. And mm. so then The Week's End was just, like, played on repeat and then it was like very quickly after it was like hey did, did you know that they came out with a new album and i was like wait what well yeah. it's because they had already recorded the week's end before they even got signed to tooth and nail it was already done oh. so yeah so and they were shopping around on labels with the record already done hmm. okay and then so by the time they released that one they had it seemed like a quick turnaround and it was still but it was already done by the time they got signed 
Not to put you on the spot, Josh, but do you happen to know where that one was tracked? I or how? Did they, like, self-engineer? Forgot that one? his name. No. Um, I don't know. I can't remember his name right now. I listened to a podcast with him on it. But it was the same guy that actually did the Rocket Summer's Calendar Days. Oh, wow. I think he's in the Midwest somewhere. Nice. Oh. Yeah, so he's he's kind of a big name in the scene, but they did it with him. Mm-hmm. I love Calendar Days. I'm a big Josh. You know that. TJ, did you know that I'm a like a? You introduced a me to the Rocket Summer. Big Rocket yeah. Summer. Fan. I know. I know you're a Rocket Summer guy. Yeah, I like the Rocket I Summer. That one specifically. That's Kyle's got a Rocket Summer album on his wish list for this podcast. I do. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh I'm gosh. so glad that we. See, we don't it. even remember. I'm so glad we don't that we have our own wish list. This is why we, we keep a spreadsheet. This is why we send stuff to you because it, yes. it comes in my brain and then it escapes. <laughs> but for some reason in my brain, it's sticking that this was a TJ uh, wish list record. That sounds right. That sounds. Right. I cool. mean, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, Josh, tell us some more about the record. Okay, this was on Tooth & Nail. Uh, It was produced by Aaron Sprinkle, which was the first of many collaborations with him for Emery. Uh, We've talked about him a lot. This is also the introduction of what I'm calling the Tooth & Nail Big Three of being produced by Aaron Sprinkle, mixed by J.R. McNeely, and mastered by Troy Glessner. Uh, A lot Mm. of Tooth & Nail releases have that same trifecta, whether you know it or not. So I'll bring it up as we cover more records, rest assured. Yeah. I mean, that is a very specific vibe. Blend. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's a, Yeah, it all contributes to kind of that tooth and nail sound of that mid-2000s era. Sweet. Charts-wise, uh, this charted at Billboard on Billboard 200 at number 45, which is their oh, highest wow. Billboard 200 chart. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Good and, for them. Yeah, and number two on Billboard Christian. Nice. Spotify so. Sats has got a, some pretty big ones, obviously, studying politics so called i can see my breath listening to freddie mercury those i feel like are staples kind of in those like the spotify like emo throwback playlists there's always yep. like studying politics is going to be in there <laughs> kind of thing mm-hmm. and then all songs written by emery and my last bit of trivia on the record is kylan and tj do you know what the question is i feel <laughs> like i did at one point i have no idea and oh, i wish i remembered because I was a big fan of this album, and it's the same, it's the same thing as Kylan not even remembering that he went to a paper root show. <laughs> like, I don't, I couldn't tell you much about hey, this album right now. Two thousand five was a long time ago. It, it was, was a long time ago. It was seventeen years I did ago. Know this at one point. So, do you want me to tell you what the question is? Yes, please. I'm sure once I tell please. you, it'll come back to you. But the question is, where were you when I was? And then you put in all the song titles. So where were you when I was so cold I could see my breath? Where were you when I was playing with fire? Where were you when I was returning the smile you had from the start? Every song title in this is another question. Oh, my God. Okay, so I've been a huge fan of this record. And this was something that I wanted to bring up of, like, I have always felt from the very moment I first listened to this album. And I I have very... I have a very clear, distinct memory of when I first listened to this. It always felt like a concept record to me, but like a, oh yeah, like a, you know, a secret enigmatic. You gotta dig into it, right? Concept record, to it and out. I never knew that, and that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. That is kind of yeah. That's that feels familiar. 
yeah. That's so cool. Kylan, I love that. That's all the research I have. Kylan, what was like your, you said you have a vivid memory of listening to this record for the first time. What was that? Um, so I had a friend in high school. I had like, like, I had a scumbag friend who introduced me to like a lot <laughs> of uh, like hardcore and metal and stuff like that. And I remember I was super into Emery. Like, I think, that, I mean, this was like, you know, 2005, 2006. So, like, BitTorrent was still, like, really, really new. Like, people were moving past the whole, like, Napster, LimeWire, uh, Kazaa of it all and figuring out, like, BitTorrenting. And so he would, like, it got to the point where he, I would just be like, yeah, I really like this band. And then he would come back to school the next day and have, like, ten burned CDs for what me. What a bro. Yeah, I know. Like yeah, it was real so homie. rad. It was so <laughs> rad. Um, and so he gave me a burned CD of this, and I remember the first time I put it in my CD player, my disc man, because it was. Uh, I got it on Friday afternoon, and I was really excited to like focus on it. So I didn't mm. listen to it right away. So the next morning, I had to mow our yard. And so I had a disc man and, and I had these really big, like baggy cargo shorts that I could mm-hmm. fit an entire disc man <laughs> in the pocket. And so That's I popped great. this CD in and I remember it was like, like a really overcast day and I popped it in and I, you know, cranked up the lawnmower right at the same time. Like, like those first guitar chords on so cold, I could see my breath come in that like, it's like, like the panned guitars and mm-hmm. i felt so freaking cool <laughs> i was like oh it just like perfect timing it, the stars aligned it was so mm-hmm. good and i just fell in love with this album and the weird thing is i didn't have anyone else in my circle that was like a big emery fan hmm. so i kind of fell off a little bit after this like i definitely and i loved i'm only a man josh i know you're like you're an i'm only a man apologist i am um and then what was the one after that in, in shallow seas we sail in shallow seas yep we sail yeah i loved that that reminds me of the first time i met joe because joe was also like into emory and stuff and so yeah nice. i was i was really stoked but yeah that was like that's still like a very clear sense memory in in my brain hmm what cool. when was that do you think was that like 2005 like after this i think it was like right after it came out yeah okay. yeah i think it was like right when so it came out because you're pretty close to like being in with it with yeah. being an early fan Mm-hmm. it's impressive yeah that's cool i don't know how thank you, you Darren like Richard. stuff like that <laughs> yeah did you find them or did he like have no no even so hear them so i was time? like i said so i i was into uh i saw the music video for Walls on Fuse TV <clears throat> after school mm-hmm. one day. Um, and I was like, what is this? You know, at that time, I was just getting into like, uh, oh, I feel like this should be part of the CJN drinking game. Anytime I bring up Taking Back Sunday, because I realize I <laughs> apparently, they're like my reference point for like this so much of your life and music (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) but the time i was getting into like taking back sunday and silverstein and like all that kind of like emo screamo stuff 
Uh, and then it was cool because this felt uh, like a little more grown up. Do you know right. what I mean? Like Emery mm-hmm. has always felt a little elevated intellectually. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, compared to a lot of those like screamo bands because a lot of them have like pretty simplistic lyrics. And then Emery always felt like a little more like, you know, they're like the Decemberists of, of screamo. Like it all that's felt like, like <laughs> analogy. I like it that. felt like there were like literary references and things that I didn't necessarily understand, but I wanted to figure out. And not only that, but in addition to like a lot of lyrical substance that you could really sink your teeth into, they were like a post hardcore, like hard band that did not like I'm trying to think of the way to say it they didn't they didn't like do the lazy they didn't make the lazy move of like just noise rock or like just like wall of sound stuff they have right yeah so like musically so it was many really hard hitting melodies and like lines like even lead lines on the synthesizer or guitar like whatever it is it felt the songwriting felt so intentional well their music mm-hmm. is and i always really resonated with also that. very complicated like there's a lot of yeah. weird time signatures they change keys all the time that too like yeah and and it's a funny thing is like matt their guitarist is like really good with music theory and he like knows all this stuff but like toby like mm-hmm. he's just he just feels and just goes and like he'll write something that is like changes keys three times and he's like I don't know I just it sounded good so I wrote that and Matt's <laughs> like do you realize you're doing this and this and this and he's like no <laughs> like nope. do you realize you have three measures of five six and then you do a <laughs> and then you do a four six or something like that and he's like I don't that's know that's so, so good I was I was just talking to my wife about like that. that yesterday actually of like because she's like starting to write songs and and stuff and she has this like insecurity about she's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, that's honestly kind of great because like, like, so I compared it to like hip hop, right? Like, like I could never be a rapper because I think I know too much about how music quote unquote works. Mm -hmm. And so if you listen to like the best rappers and stuff, like they're rapping behind the beat, they're not really focused on the beat. They're just doing what kind of feels right. Mm-hmm. And even if it makes no sense from like a music theory brain, it just works. And so, yeah, right. I just I think that's super cool. I love that idea of just like feeling it out. Mm-hmm. But I feel like their superpower is the fact that they have people that work both ways. Right, Josh? Right. Yes. Right. The fact yeah, that you have the one that you comes up with it and the other one that could decipher it. Yes. And maybe help guide whenever you need to do a little more of the, like, structured songwriting. Yeah. I mean, TJ, I think that's why you and I do so well whenever we collaborate, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. musically. Because I feel like, you know, you, you kind of just, like, feel things out. And then they don't make sense to me at all. And I'm like, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. But it feels so right. And it's so cool. And it's something I would never come up with in a thousand years. So, yeah, I think yeah, that's Yeah, and I rad. don't even know how to do the more like theoretically sound writing i it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me i i can i can analyze things from a music theory perspective right. but i don't write as much from that perspective as much right. josh but, i want to hear about your emory experience yeah well okay great transition because my first exposure to emory was also the music video for walls 
Yes. My parents used to get us the music video DVDs all the time. I'll bring that up Mm -hmm. many, many times. But I heard it. It came on, and it starts with, like, are you listening? It's screaming. And I was like, ugh, this is terrible. And I skipped it. Yes. Never. Oh, no. Never even got that. Like past funny. the. Never even got the past the vocals. twenty or thirty seconds to realize the clean vocals oh. come in later. Yeah, it's not even much later. Yes. It well, is. Th- their screams, especially their early screams, are a very specific, particular sound. Like mm-hmm. they don't even sound like screams that were like popularized within that scene at that time. I feel no. Like. It's like otherworldly. It's yeah. Like, that's so funny okay yeah okay okay yeah yeah and so it wasn't until i saw the music video for studying politics that i was like oh i like this this is cool and i'm like oh this is emory they have another song that i never listened to and so then like i went back and listened to walls and got past the first 30 seconds to be like okay all right this song is pretty cool too so that was my first initial exposure to emory uh and when was that it was pretty late because i didn't really start digging into like I didn't get outside of the Hawk Nelson, TFK, Reliant K world until like 2006-ish. So, oh, but okay. I didn't discover Emory till I would think maybe 2007, probably 2008 even. I had a friend that had the question on CD. Someone gave it to him and he wasn't really a big fan. So he was like, uh, you can have it. So I was like, cool. <laughs> so that's how I got the question. And then immediately, oh, yeah, right. a couple weeks later, I went and bought I'm Only a Man. So those two I like listened to. I got into Emory with both of those records around the same time, which is why I love I'm Only a Man. I know a lot of people don't like that record, but I, I know like it. a lot of Emory fans like don't like I'm Only a Man. Yes. Yeah. But, but I like think the party song is it's very left field, but it it's is a good record. But it leans yeah. into more of my like pop sensibilities, I think is why I love 100%. it. hundred percent. But I actually, I think that was why I initially kind of didn't like it and actually over the years, I've come back to it and really enjoyed right. it more and more every time. So I I agree. I think it's like, even though maybe it didn't have a big, it didn't land well with like their cult fan following. Like, right. I think it I think it rules. I love that y'all like it so much because that was like hipster teach. Like back after the question came out, and then this one came out, and I was like, they're going pop. Or oh, like, you so you didn't you know, like right. I'm Only Man when it came out. At, at the time, no. Nice. But every time I've come back and listened to it since... It's I've so good, really though. That yeah. seems to be, yeah. like, the like I was pervasive wrong. experience within the fan base. Like, everyone... Yeah. Like, people come back and are like, well, okay, well, this record's actually now that good. there's been some distance from it, and you kind of look at their discography... Totally. Like, narratively, like, I love the progression from The Week's End to The Question. Like, The Question feels like an elevation. It feels, like, similar to the vibe they're trying to give off with, like, the album art and stuff. Like, it feels a little more, like, literary and, like, heady. And then I'm Only a Man feels like Emery's response to, like, doing a pop record. Mm -hmm. And then they have, like, the one-two punch of the EP, While Broken Hearts Prevail, and then the album In Shallow Seas We Sail where they went back to like kind of heavy and the kind of yeah, I just like folksy. Like I just love the hills and valleys of, of, of that. Yeah. It's so, it's yeah. so cool. Like artistically to, to see that now that we've gotten some distance from it and we're not just like a bunch of dumbass 18 year old kids <laughs> that like <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah like, no, I think either you're right. Or, like they, they had like a dynamic range throughout their discography and it kept things really yeah. interesting. I, I continued to respect them as a band, even as I 
kind of drifted away as far as being like a really big fan of theirs i always was still just like i like that you're out there doing what you're doing and right anytime i checked in with them i'd be like this is interesting like you're still keeping it fresh and like writing good stuff when did you drift away tj what was like the last record you were like listening to a lot i i kind of like i said had a dip from them around 07 when i'm only a man came out and then came back into really enjoying in chalice we sail and the ep too kylan um and then after that i kind of fell off like where that was that was the point uh around probably 2010 or something mm-hmm. where i was like yeah aware of what they were doing but i wasn't like you know listening to every single release the day it came out right like, yeah well i mean like 2010 like tj you and i i think we're into the I'm not going to speak for you, but for me, I had kind of like distanced myself from like heavier music in a way. And I was just like, I was embracing more of like indie music and folk and singer songwriters and, you know, jamming out to like Sufjan Stevens and stuff around then. Oh yeah. Kesha. Yeah. And there was like, (laughs) Hey guys, let's talk about Kesha. We should have a bonus episode about Kesha. Oh, I, Kylan I can talk about Kesha. Oh, he can talk. Uh, Catch uh, us on the Patreon. Rainbow is such a good record, though. It, like, really is. <laughs> and it's messy. It's messy, but it's so good. And it's just so rad to see someone that was, like, so conformed within the specific system of pop music in America, like, branch out and, like, attempt to, like, write their own songs from their own perspective and there's some really powerful stuff in there and the production is okay. so good okay all right kylan all right. can you connect kesha to emory um yes i'm sure i can uh artist we, to we artist can cut this ar- if we need ar- to, but. artist to artist is a little harder mm-hmm. uh because most of my touchstones are like tv and movies i mean i think there's a one point connection i'm like fairly certain uh, that Your Love Is My Drug was featured on an episode of Pants Off Dance Off, which was a show on <laughs> on Fuse where they played yes. music videos and then had people in front of a green screen like take their pants off and dance. <laughs> and wow. Fuse is, of course, where I saw the first Emory music video, so we're just going to go with that. Sure, Boom. that wins. We can that fact works. check later. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thanks for humoring me. That was fun. <laughs> oh, I will. I will always do it. Jen is still like a little frustrated that she has yet to stump me. <laughs> I would be. Too. I don't know if anyone can. I'll be yeah. surprised. I don't know. I don't know. Stumped. We, you know, there've been a couple that have been close calls. So, guys, is the question by Emery a flop or a bop? What do we think? I think I have an idea. I think I, I know what our predictions are going to be. When was the last time you listened to it? and oh right 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 Hmm. uh the last time i listened to this record all the way through i would say july of 2021 (laughs) it's very seriously yeah wow well okay i was i you know last year we drove to texas right and we stayed there for like a month and then drove back so that was like you know over the course of like two months that was like 25 days of driving because we had a baby and an arthritic dog so it was like a lot of driving and so i i did a kind of deep dive on a lot of stuff and if you drive with with jen and i for any amount of time 
you will 100% hear uh, mid-2000s emo and late 90s like alternative rock. So it always happens. Mm. And then it finally got to the point where I was like, oh, shit, the question. I haven't listened to this in forever. Like, let's mm-hmm. jam out to this. And so that happened. So it's going to be a bop for me, I think. What about you guys? It's it's for sure a bop for me. Like, I'm Ooh, I'm very... The confidence level of it. For yeah, sure? Very for sure a bop? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And and uh, I, I'm excited to prove myself wrong if I end up just, like, hating it. Uh, we'll I think you're going to like it. I think, I like I said, like... I'll be surprised I've, if, yeah, if you, there's anything you can really complain about with this. Well, yeah. and, and, and not to simplify it too much, but, you know, we've kind of talked about our, our quote-unquote roles on the podcast and me as, like, the vibe guy. And, TJ, you just generally, I think, gravitate more towards, like, lyrical content and stuff. And mm-hmm. I th- I just have a feeling that Emery is going to, like, satisfy that itch for well, you. And TJ is a very emotive guy, and Emery is nothing if not very emotive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's lyrics. both of those things that y'all are saying that I right. think is why this album landed so hard for me. And I think that where, like, sort of the the Venn diagram of, like, you and I, Kylan, with our songwriting sensibilities or what we like about music in general, there's, like, a sweet spot where uh, there's, like, the pop component Mm-hmm. They are one of those bands that like brought a lot of interesting, weird songwriting, like we talked about, and a lot of heavy stuff that at the time I was really excited about. But still, they didn't sacrifice like hooky, poppy, catchy writing, like throughout. Because you can you can have like right. really hard music that's not actually that catchy, and it doesn't stick with you. They were one of those bands that like. Well, I think that's yeah, smart I, melodic sensibility that I, I think like, that I think post hardcore is like the Venn diagram of the three of us like it is. the three of our like what we gravitate towards musically. Mm-hmm. Uh I I think I think post hardcore is like the sweet spot. <laughs> it yeah. brings all of us in. Yeah. I think so. I think there's something there. Yeah. So I'm excited to see yeah. how we all when do you remember? You it, yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Do you remember the last time? Uh, you oh listened yeah, to it? I mean, it would have been. It probably would have been 2010, 2011, maybe twenty twelve. Okay. Like maybe that's a stretch. So minimum, just, minimum, kind of fall off. Ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh boy! All right, yeah, it's been a minute. So that's a bold claim for me to be like. It's still gonna be. I know. Ten years later, I know. I acknowledge that. That's a. I recognize. That's that. exciting. Yeah, I am excited, especially with the confidence you went into it, Bob. Josh, what about you? Yeah, Josh, what you All got? Right. Well, this is obviously a bop, uh, and I can say <laughs> that because this is one that was like never really left my rotation. Um, I can't, I can't tell you like the exact like it's been six months exactly since I listened to it. So it's always one of those ones that like is in the mix somewhere. Right. Emery's always a real like summer band for me for some reason. I mm. got into them in the summer, and they have a lot of like summer releases, so. They were always a very summer band. I don't that know if sense. I listened to the record this summer, but I would say sometime between last summer of summer of 2021 and now that I've okay. listened to it. So I fully expect it to be a bop because I've listened to it so recently and it never fell Sweet. out of my rotation. Just a great record. Yeah. I do have I two final it. things Cool. to close out this episode. I posted a poll in the labeled Facebook group, if you're in that, shout out to you. And if you participated in this poll, shout out to you especially. 
because I was curious because Emory has a lot of like very popular albums within their fandom. And I pulled, I said, what is your favorite Emory record? I got 148 votes. And the question was the clear winner at 33%. So a third of Emory fans that voted liked the question the most. They all Uh, agreed. Yes, they all agree. So this is a great one for us to start with. I'll post the poll results for our our, uh, Instagram or something like that. And then I also I have a question, um, another question. The Where question. were you and I was going to Emory shows? Okay, because like we said, Emory has never gone on hiatus or broken up. Oh, right. So they just always they were always touring. So I just saw them. So they are the band I have seen the most amount of times. And if you count one time seeing Matt and Toby perform acoustic as an Emory show, which I do, they are my concert leader. Do you guys want to take a guess at maybe how many times I've seen Emory? Oh God, that's okay. Because you go, I like you that. go to a lot of shows. All right, are we gonna do like Prices Right rules? We're like closest without going over. Sure. Okay. I mean, uh, all of this is made up. It doesn't matter. There's no prize if I win. <laughs> but I get really into games. Okay. So if I think about the amount of shows, like, okay, I would say on average, I got into Emory. At, I say, we'll say 2008. Okay, let's say 2008. Never, yeah. So then that is 14, 14, 14 years. years. Yeah. I would say, Josh, you probably go on average nine shows a year. Like 2020, I think obviously like skewed with that. Yeah. But I would I say, I would say, I would say eight or nine shows a year. So then, I mean, if they've been consistently touring. Let's just say on average, like one, like you see them once a year. I'm going to say, I'm going to say you've seen them 15 times. Oh, good guess. Good guess. TJ? <laughs> it might be playing with fire Ooh. to guess one above Kylan. Oh, you're going to do that? <laughs> but I'm going to guess 16. I was actually going to guess 15. Seriously. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh sweet. Yeah. That's right. So, so I'm just going to bump up. One. Well, no one wins the showcase showdown today. Oh. You are both oh, over. Is it twelve? Is it twelve? Oh. Twelve. Yes. 12. I was originally gonna say twelve, and then well, I decided against it. Well, I still said it. I still said it before you gave the answer. I said twelve. I still said it before you we'll told us to how many. The tape. We'll see. But no, I did. I d- oh, man. Josh, that's really impressive, man. Oh, thanks. That is impressive. Yeah, they just what? never stopped touring. So I was like, I guess I'll fan. just see them almost every year they come just through. Go so. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right on have That's they gotten red. better live there was definitely a dip where they were not as great but they have definitely gotten back to where they're super solid live nice sweet so yeah i'd say josh have we oh, here's the here's 2010s. the ultimate question have we cool. seen emory <laughs> i don't know if oh i think we I have i think so when, i think we, we have went to that classic crime show at was that at Tomcats? Uh, it was at Tomcats West. Yeah. Worth with Emery. Yes. That's yes. why. Okay. That was in my brain of like, I've seen Emery live yes. and I'm pretty sure it was at Tomcats. Yes. Nice. And with Classic Crime, that's that's a good show. Yeah, my memory show. is not completely destroyed. Yes, you did. You've redeemed yourself. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank God. So guys, I'm, I'm, I don't want to overstate it here, but I feel like with all three of our bops, uh, pr- our preemptive... I know what you're going to say. We're either going to be in a lose-lose situation. Oh, my God. Or the question is going to be in a real win-win situation. 
That's very we'll good. See. It's almost like it's a pencil with erasers at both ends. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to add on to it, but yours was better. All right, we're going to cut it there. <laughs> Guys, we will see you in part B of Church Hymns Now, where we dive into the Emory album, The Question. Wait, what was the question? Wait, I missed it. What did you say? What was it? What? Who's on first? What? Who? That's the All question. Right. What's on second? Welcome to Pop Culture Connection, the segment of the show where I, Kylan, take my broken brain and connect the band or artist that we're talking about to random things in pop culture. I take this card game my wife and I made and I pull random things and see if I can connect them. Uh, so this week we have Emery and I'll show you guys what I pulled to connect Emery to. Ooh. We have Golden Girls. All right. So I think I can connect. I have two of them, but one of them you got to subscribe to the Patreon to find out. How tantalizing. So this one was hard for me. It was hard to find mm -hmm. the starting the starting point because Emery, I don't remember Emery being in a lot of... Uh, There's not like, a lot of places you can like go. Like movies or TV or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of all contained within that world. But if you guys will allow me this, my starting point is they have a song on, the, on this record, the question mm. called Listening to Freddie Mercury. Uh, so to connect Emery to Golden Girls, oh, this is the funniest thing. This is what I texted you the other day because in our last two episodes, mm -hmm. we've referenced Quentin Tarantino. And then I started doing this pop culture connection and um, I just like jumped straight to Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> which is wild. So here we go. Emery has a song called Listening to Freddie Mercury. Now, the movie about Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, recently came out where Freddie Mercury was played by Rami Malek. But... Before that, the, that movie was in development for like 10 years, and Sasha Baron Cohen was right. uh, supposed to play Freddie, Freddie Mercury. And then he had creative, creative differences with uh, Brian sense. Singer and stuff. So Sasha Baron Cohen was originally supposed to play Freddie Mercury. He was also in Sweeney Todd with Helena Bonham Carter, who was in Fight Club with Brad Pitt, who was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, directed by Quentin Tarantino. And Quentin Tarantino, I don't know if you guys know this, he played an Elvis what? impersonator, a really small role as an Elvis impersonator in Incredible. one episode of Golden Girls. And he used some of his residual money in that Amazing. to pay for Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> so, really? yeah, Tarantino wow. was on an episode of Golden Girls. So there's Emery to Golden Girls right there. Well done. Yeah, isn't that wild? Well, this has been Pop Culture Connection. Uh, let's get back to the show. <gasps> Unless... Oh. You're a Patreon subscriber, B then you get a double whammy. Uh, so I got for my second card <laughs> Tupac Shakur. <laughs> Gonna I connect Emery to Tupac. Starts at the same place. Listening to Freddie Mercury. So Emery had a song called Listening to Freddie Mercury. Close to the same place in Bohemian Rhapsody, Freddie Mercury was played by Rami Malik. But Rami Malik was mm -hmm. in No Time to Die, the James Bond movie with Daniel Craig. Who is in Knives Out with Jamie Lee Curtis, who is in Halloween. And the new Halloween and Halloween Kills were written by Danny McBride, who wow. is in. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who is in Pineapple Express mm -hmm. and plus a bunch of others with Seth Rogen, who is in Funny People, which famously had a cameo by Eminem, uh, seen in a restaurant where he plays himself, who is in a documentary called The Defiant Ones about the creation of Beats headphones with Dr. Dre, who, I don't know if you guys remember, but Dr. Dre, and I think like 2012, 2013, 
uh, with Snoop Dogg did a Coachella performance oh, yes. in which they had oh, a yes. hologram of, of Tupac perform the with them. Tupac. So there we go. Emery to Tupac. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> My brain is so broken, guys. I love that. But I feel like we yeah. all learned a little something I today, Danny right? McBride writes I did. Halloween yeah. movies. Y'all didn't know. I know. Yeah, I dude. had no idea. He's been a huge fan, and him and David Gordon Green go like way, way, way back. So yeah, he he's written all of the all of the new ones. You always teach me some random. I know, right? Down. I know. I love it. I love it. You're welcome. Let's get back to the show. All right, party people, welcome back to Church Jams Wait, Now. What was the question? Church Jams Now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. I guess, is that tea kicking in? <laughs> yeah. Uh, TJ, you asked what the question was. The question is, why why, why am I still here? Yeah, that's really no, That's lazy. so existential. You're getting on I the know, philosopher know. level with me. Professor Philosopher's... Uh, <laughs> sad. Poo-poo sad corner. boy corner. <laughs> why am I still here? Um, yeah, dude. Uh, we listened to the question. 2005 Emery record. Uh yeah, so do we have any uh general questions before we dive or not questions? Oh my before God. we answer the big <laughs> question, dude, doing two episodes in a night just like melts bamboozles you a little bit. <laughs> uh yeah, do we have anything we want to? Any general thoughts? Anything? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm You're pretty ready. Pretty ready to You're go. So ready. All right, well let's flip and do it then. Let's flip and do it then. With track number one, so cold I could see my breath. God, that that drum fill is like so good. It's so simple. The fill is so good, and the beat that he goes into, I found so fascinating because uh-huh. those dissonant guitars are like they're saying like we're gonna go hard, we're gonna do like a blast beat or like a breakdown or something, and instead he goes with this like Afro Cuban like Tresillo kind of beat, like that do got to got like almost like Vampire Weekend kind of thing. Yeah, and that that just I forgot how much the drums on this record blew my mind. They're so right good. out of the gate, first track. Because they're they're all so unexpected. Yes, they subvert expectations every time, oh. and I'm here for it. And then he goes big, he goes hard. Like he doesn't, uh-huh. he's not lacking for like those post hardcore drum parts. Well, and it's funny because Dave Powell was in use before Emery. He was in a metal band called the Bowels of Judas. <laughs> So, so that was his prior Damn. band to joining Emery. Okay, that's hard. Is yeah. that about how, like, when Judas died, his and guts his in, all spilled yep, out into that's, the field of Keldama? That's, that's Christian yep, metal as fuck. It is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> anyway, wild. I just had to say but that. I love that. I love that he like he was like, I can't do metal, but I'm gonna do all that stuff that yes. you just said. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's a sign of like an actually good drummer. Yes. That because I feel like. I feel like there's a specific kind of like, you know, metal drummer that is really good at metal. Right. You know, like metal and punk. Yeah. They're like they found their niche. They're doing it to be able to branch out yeah. and do like some weird. His chops are so much more stuff. diverse. Polyrhythms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I this was like what I wrote is like this was a it stands out as like an early 
strong example of like young drummer TJ being introduced to the idea that you could bring in all these different rhythmic concepts from all corners of the globe and put them in a like post hardcore album and it'd be kind of incredible. Like it can work, right. you know. Was this like was that something that wasn't being done? I like think th- other albums are they just kind of doing what you'd expect drum wise? I ask as a non drummer. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. I think there are a lot of other bands that are in this genre, both Christian and like secular. That like there are plenty of drummers that do this kind of thing, but there are so many bands that the drummer is just doing like the normal predictable stuff, and mm-hmm. it's just a little less interesting to my drummer brain. I think. Right. And that's a that's a trend across this album. Like I don't want to play my or show my hand too much, but um I yeah, I just loved that he's a very creative player. And it doesn't ever get in the way yeah. of anything either. It's very supportive no. creativity. This whole band, I mean, it blows my mind that this is like their second album. Yeah. And that they actually wrote it before their first album, right? Isn't that what mm-hmm. you said, Josh, in part A? No, no, no. They were just they had recorded their first album way before oh, they even got signed okay. to Tooth and Nail. Oh, that's, so right, like, that's right. That's the right. writing process right. for this was maybe a little bit longer than it seemed between releases. Right. But right. still, just like a second record. I mean, it is. It is. Yeah. No sophomore. This, yeah. This is the opposite of a sophomore slump. slump. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. Considering that, like, most people consider this like the best Emory album. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this is just such a good al- album opener. I love the guitar at the start of it. You know, we talked about that in part A about how the first time I listened to it, I like ripped open a lawnmower chain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like, and it Let's just oh, feels so good. Well, and it's like once you hear that, once that comes on, like you know what it is. You're yes. like, right, oh, man, right. So cold, I can see my mm-hmm. breath is on right now. Yup. Yeah. Uh, this solidified my thoughts from part A. That I didn't say it exactly like this, but that like Emery is like the thinking man's screamo. Yeah, that's so true. I thought lyrically, lyrically it was it was so good. And I think Josh, you telling me that that the question, like what the question was, gave me a lot more context uh, thinking about this album lyrically. Yes, I'll talk about that a little more the further we get on well i had a the question for for you guys about the lyrics on this track okay uh do y'all think this is about the great sin of premarital promiscuity okay well never mind fuck it this is my whole point um this is a this is like (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny that's like literally what my whole point like this whole record, not not the entire record, but this is like a this is a it's a thing. like a high school record. Yeah, it's like a high school concept album, mm-hmm. but not high school in the way that like it's like a high schooler journaling, but the way that like Alexander Payne made a masterful movie election about high schoolers. Yeah, mm. there's a lot of like puberty and adolescence, and yeah, I got a ton of that, like being nervous about like maybe going too far with your girlfriend in high school, like being <laughs> Christian and stuff. But being, yeah, being there's comfortable about sexual tension. Yes. There's a ton of that on this record, which I found really, really fascinating and like really hooked into hmm. on this listen that I had never really hooked into before. I think I always envisioned that it was like about other things because it's, it's just ambiguous enough that you're like, that's a metaphor, right? Like he's talking about something else. But on on this listen through, like it was 
overt. Like I was just like, no, yeah, there's no ambiguity about like, it. Like it's wild that it's wild that yeah, the well the ambiguity shows. Um <laughs> nice. The yeah, there's I wrote this for the next song. It's like this album's about sex, right? <laughs> like in general, like it's just like Definitely about being all, like a horny teenage boy. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I thought it was great. That's like such a cool idea that I can't believe that I didn't pick up on. Yeah. I think I willingly yeah. ignored some of the more obvious right, for references sure. cuz I was like Little, little Christian boy. I was like, uh, no, that's right. not what they mean. Surely. No, they're talking about the bride of Christ. And right, like, yeah. <laughs> Josh, what were Just you going to say? Temptation in general. I was going to use that as a transition point of something that I caught is that like, so in the first pre-chorus, which ties into our theme that we were just talking about, the first pre-chorus is how quickly lust can pretend it's love. Mm-hmm. And mm. I was just saying, this song is packed with lyrics because that's all. They just stop and then they scream that and then they go into the first mm-hmm. chorus. Then the time the second one goes around, they say the same thing. And then Toby just sings like a whole nother verse as the second pre-chorus before right. they go into the chorus yes. again. Like He's like, you thought this was just a regular pre-chorus, but I'm going to sneak in a whole new verse. That's it's it. got a new melody and like... This song, like, there's like an intro, a first yep. verse, a second verse, a pre-chorus that is like extended, and then there's a right. second verse, then there's like a third verse, uh-huh. then there's a chorus, then there's a bridge or an outro. I know like, the song structure. I cannot wrap my head around any of the song structure this entire. Album. I know. <laughs> oh, I noticed. Yeah, listening, I was like, this is so wild. Like, more wild than I'd ever thought it was. Just right. listening. Be- because the the parts are all so catchy. It's not. That's it. It's like we talked about with Norma Jean and Under Oath of doing the sort of like linear mm-hmm. song style, but they have these parts that are so like poppy yes. and catchy that you don't care. That you you can hook that into your brain it. is just kind of tricked into thinking this is like a verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus yes. like yeah. thing, but it's not at all right. anywhere on this record. Right. Yeah, oh, and it's sure. effective. Yes. Like they're using those kind of catchy ideas, like right. melodic chunks, to to trick your brain. I love that the description, Kyle, and that's uh, poignant and yes. accurate. God, this record rocks. I have. It's to a mention... bop for me. We can all go home now. Right? <laughs> 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 do you want to oh, tell? Man. Do you want to tell what you texted us a couple days ago? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I think yesterday. Hold on, let me find it. Uh, okay. So you're we just gonna lot. come out and play your hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because I even wanted to tell you guys, like in the in the text, that I was just gonna like give it a bop. Oh man, I can't find it. I don't know what I said. You basically just said, to what I remember, was like, we don't even need to do a part B. It's a oh yeah, we don't need to do a part B. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like we don't need to do a part mail B, it right? In. Yep, yep. I have to mention that. The I don't know what you want to call it the second bridge the outro whatever but the the stanza where he's singing my hands across your clothes like that part just comes in so that whole like bridge the stanza whatever you want to call it is so so good mm-hmm. and like what a great way to like finish off this song yes and it just like it has so many parts something that I did a lot on this listen through on these listens through I did a lot of counting and I'll bring up a lot of things thank you Josh oh, cool. but me too yes but I'm with you, buddy. okay. Spoiler, almost every song has some part that's in 4-4 and some part that's in 6-8. So it switches within the songs yes. all the time. This song, even in, in like the bridge, it was, if I'm counting it correctly, it was three measures of 4-4 four, four and a measure of 2-4 in that 
my hands across your clothes part and okay and then this is cool because then it switches right at the end into six yep. eight which leads perfectly into the next song which is in six mm-hmm. eight oh so God. like the whole front of the song is in four four then they have those three measures of four four measure two four section and then switch to six eight right at the mm-hmm. end and man i'm gonna be talking about time signatures a lot on this record i'm i'm here for that's that wild. well that's as good a transition as any because i feel like we're talking about a lot of big album stuff yeah. let's go ahead and uh talk about track number two <laughs> playing with fire Dave Powell is playing with fire. That beat is so fire. Um, what is that sound in the intro? Is that just a guitar? I think it's a guitar with some like weird delay. With a lot of delay, some, yeah. some delay. That's got to be like it sound, the engineer. It sounds almost weird. like a yeah. It sounds almost like a like if you just hit like a piano string or something. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking, like a piano hammer. Yeah. Um. It's very cool. I love the like sci-fi, like theremin-inspired yeah. synth. Oh, the synth on this is great. It's so good. Yeah, I literally most of my notes for this song were what we just talked about on the last song. Of, like, great. is this I, album about sex? I, oh, this one for sure because it's like talks about like your clothes on. He says, the hoping to get floor. past the open bedroom door where her clothes on the floor remind me of our conversations. The feeling of slight hesitation to turn out the lights. Yeah, that's not what you would expect on right. a record of this caliber nope. in this time You're like what Mm-mm. okay yeah which i looking back it's kind of like oh i there's a newfound respect for emery for being kind of for overtly approaching this topic that like i don't know for me personally and like others around me at the time it's like i think there was a lot of shame around this stuff and like fear and guilt and like weird just weird feelings people didn't know how to like talk about it so for them to just kind of bring it up and like try to relate to people i i really appreciate that well and i think what they have going for them is they are a little bit older than like a lot of their peers because they got a late start in the band dave the drummer he's pretty young at this point he's still super young but they're all i'd say like mid to late 20s at this point mm-hmm. so they have had they're so not just like more straight like out of 19 from, yeah, yeah like they've mm-hmm. had times to think things through a little bit and assess things so i think that shows in their lyrics and for sure like yeah it all feels like way more thought through and is not just like you know uh silverstein or something or other screamo bands which are like like my heart bleeds or you know, like like really simplistic, Hoth- yeah. Nikki so FM, cut my wrist and black my eyes. Or you know what I mean, like. Right. Paisley, stop. <laughs> Paisley agrees. This is a song I didn't until this listen. I didn't realize there wasn't a chorus in this song. I was like, yeah. oh, playing with fire has a chorus, and then I was like, it doesn't. What again? To Kylan's point, that their songwriting, even though it's linear, is so full of catchy stuff that you don't even care or right. notice. If I may, I have a big point, but it's going to come up in, for the rest of the record. 
and I think if you'll indulge me, so I think I know why Kylan really liked Emery back in the day. And I realized this a couple years ago, but Emery is an ADD band because 100% things are always changing in such a short amount of time. Like I realized like, cause I'm like, there's so many parts to all Emery songs. And then I looked at all the track lists. All their songs are like three minutes long. Right. They don't have long Mm -hmm. songs at all. I did an average runtime on this album specifically. The average runtime on the question is three minutes and 25 seconds and the average runtime of their entire discography, 115 songs, is only three minutes and 34 seconds. But oh each song God. is just I love that packed you did that with too. so much. I did. I, know. I did. I did. I love. Yeah, I yeah. Love. Oh man. Just That's in case anyone out there was wondering, what's the average song length for Emery's entire discography? <laughs> it's three and a half minutes exactly. But Let's when you listen it to it, like it doesn't feel everything like everything goes through so yeah. many changes. Every part, mm-hmm. everything is new, but it feels like familiar at the same. Time. Right, like it yeah, feels like yes. it's a chorus, but it's like redone in a way. That was showcased on this record, and then really just the rest of their discography. It does that as well. That's just wild. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they are an ADD band, and there's just like so much catharsis in mm-hmm. their music too. So I feel like for the vibe guy, like those feels. This album is vibe heavy. Yeah, man, it is so vibe heavy. I'm here for it. Uh, kind of go back to what you guys said on the last song. I didn't do it in as meticulous or thoughtful a way. I just said that they do such a good job of flowing back and forth between like heavy parts and super melodic parts and really interesting mm-hmm. melodic parts and the time signatures and stuff. Like it's just wild. It's just wild. Like how did anyone mm-hmm. get away with this? <laughs> I don't know, man, but I'm so glad they did. Like these songs should not work. I know. Like they shouldn't. Like unless totally unless do. you're like specifically like a jam band, but they're like right. super jammy without being indulgent about it. You know, I'm glad you brought up jamminess because that's I've got a note about that. Well, they the talk. I think they've talked. Matt's talked about that on one of his podcasts that people like don't realize like how complex their songs actually are. Like they had Grant, the bassist from Undros, fill in for a show one time, and he like struggled to like play an emery set because it's like they don't sound complex but they are they're always changing time signatures they're often mm. changing keys just randomly i talk about well, that the in the song later so specific yes mm-hmm. so it's very complex but you don't realize it you're not just like wailing away on a chord the whole song like they they are percussive and like rhythmic and thoughtful like, which is, I don't know, even just thinking about guitar playing from that perspective, like, only play on the upbeats or only play on the anda. Like, you're not just slamming one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. There's some thought that goes into that, which is pretty cool. Definitely. Okay, well, let's just keep rocking and rolling with the next song because, once again, I feel like we're just talking about <laughs> how great General this album is concepts. overall. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it up later. Let's move on to track number three. Returning the smile you have had from the start. This is the only song that I like really loved uh, their screaming. Uh, their screaming is really unique and really abrasive. And I think some songs it works better than others, but it works great on this intro. 
as someone who likes heavy music, I've never really been crazy about the heavy parts of Emery. Really? Yeah. It's not just this makes so much sense uh-huh. because I love I love their their whole screen vibe. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So like I feel like we're tapping into something here because like you know anytime we've done the more metal stuff and I'm like huh? I don't know about that and y'all are like this is the best <laughs> and now it's like the other way around now like the shoes I like on the other heavy. foot. It's like heavy light. <laughs> yeah, you're like I just guess. peppered in enough for you. Yeah, exactly. I remember in college. I think I remember Kylan, you telling me at one point that you're like, we're listening to this, and you're like, okay, I think this is my favorite Emery song. Mm-hmm. I remember you really liked this back in the day. How does it hold up now? Funny you should ask. Uh, I wrote this is my favorite song on the record. <laughs> okay, it's just hey, funny because I forgot that truth. I had said that. You did, yeah. That's like circa like. Late 2009, probably. That's so Amazing. funny. You remember so many things, but if it's I think reg- if it's regarding music, I'll remember it. I know. I think I drink a lot more than you too. Um, <laughs> sure, okay. that helps. This song has this is the first. Well, not the first, but this is the first that I'll point out. Sweet, sweet bass. Yes. Like I wrote that. I was like, is this gonna make Kylan's list? Especially like early on, because the guitar is just real high and arpeggiated, and that bass, yeah. that chunky bass, is just like holding mm. down the fort. Mm-hmm. If I may, I have a note on the bass. Okay. An anecdote. Okay, so this is coming from listening to like all the bad Christian episodes for right. like the first mm-hmm. like five years. Matt was talking about that bass part in the verse. It is exactly the Madonna song, Papa Don't Preach. It's oh exactly that melody. He was like, he was trying to work on that song and he's like, wasn't getting anywhere. And he was like at a party and he heard Papa Don't Preach and he's like, that's it. So it's that's like it. the first pass right that's, there. Yeah. So not the second part where it comes in, Papa Don't Preach. preach. Oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> How that's so so good. that's where that bass part comes from. Fucking Emery, dude. Like, that's so I'm great. so here for good it. Job. I wanted to say the, like, you mentioned how jammy they are, Kylan. So there's the breakdown that happens after the, quote, chorus the first time. Right. And then the second time it happens, instead of going straight into a breakdown, they do like a rush jam. Yeah, that's what I wrote. That's exactly it's like, what I wrote. I wrote, dude. yeah, at, at 138, <laughs> you expect them to go back into the breakdown, and then they just turn yes. into rush. <laughs> yes. Uh, I said, eat your heart out, Circa fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah that too. For real. Oh my god, that's so. That's great. wild. Yeah, I love that like prog rock jam because it's also not like eight minutes long. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like a bite size. It's Kylan size. Yeah, yeah, like bite size prog rock jam, and then it goes back yep. into like, is this the heavy? Does this have the heaviest breakdown on the record? I don't know. It is pretty. In my brain, it does. It's wild. And what I love too is that they don't just go crazy with a chaotic scream breakdown, but then they add strings. And timpani. Right. Like, it's just, they like, they threw everything at the wall on this one. <laughs> it's so good. I think I that's don't have... the clip we're going to use on Instagram where we all just stop talking and jam out to the song. <laughs> so, guys, uh, the question was a bop. This has been Church Jams Now. <laughs> Three songs in, just call <laughs> I it. <laughs> I don't have yeah, a... We're just like, it's so good. <laughs> like... I don't know how interesting our critical analysis is. 
If you're a fan of the question, you'll probably like it. For sure. You'll oh, for like sure. For sure. I don't have I a lot it. of lyric notes. And I've talked about like how a lot of times I won't even like notice lyrics. But like it was a couple years ago before like I think my brother Caleb mentioned like the line place my hands to face and weep and like it's like that's a little like that's pretty like overtly emo and i was like i've literally never noticed that those were the words but <laughs> you're <laughs> right so, yeah yeah because it's buried in but this, i got like, like a literary i got like a melody. like a biblical thing from that like i not necessarily like yeah. an overtly emo thing or, or almost like shakespearean like, right yeah my hands that song's so good yeah and it, it transitions right into track four Mm-hmm. Studying politics. This is one of their biggest songs, right? Definitely. It's like a pencil with the races at both ends. I want it all, but we're dealing in process. And these activities that you have engaged in. This is the politics of seeing you dance with him. We began with concluding remarks. Break up the pieces and examine the parts. Your words always cut when the cliche. But here's my night because I came for the buffet. But this is the second song so far on the album that has a pencil reference. Okay. So I was wondering if this is why I felt in part A that Emery was so literary because they talk about (laughs) writing instruments. (laughs) Well, and the art, right? The art is that like kind of weathered like paper envelope thing. With a wax seal. Yeah. So that feels very, you know, literary. They 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 love writing about that stuff and also clothes. It's all about clothes and sheets, which goes back to it. Just feels very like high school to me. Um, Completely. This song reminds me of of when I did like high school debate, which makes sense because that's like the whole like the title and everything. Mm-hmm. I love in verse two uh, when he says the line, "But here's my knife." Wait, I think it's coming yes! up right here. His delivery almost, it feels really hip-hop. It does. Hmm. Let's see where it's coming. Yeah. Your words always cut when the cliche. But here's my knife because I came for the buffet. Yeah, it is very like, it's almost like spoken word yeah. or something. Wait, where was that? Also, that synth line is incredible. Wee wee. God, this album is so good. <laughs> it's no Larry Norman, but... <laughs> it's so good. A, there can only be one. Is that the gold standard now? <laughs> it's no Larry Norman. It's a bop, I guess. Uh, so this is my insecurity show. Now, I really hope people listen to that episode because I think it's my favorite episode. That we've I done. think it's, it's my favorite one. one too. And I think I think it's the album that deserves the most people just finding. I agree. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Who cares? Everything's made up. Uh, my rest of my notes for this song we already talked about. <laughs> Alexander Payne. I wanted to say, I wanted to say, how the heck does that uh ho refrain work so well? It's like a nonsense word, right? And you're like, what are you doing, man? But you're like, uh, I'm singing it too. Uh ho, <laughs> you got me, you got me, man. You don't even realize it. Stab man again. No, I'm gonna bring up stab um, man every episode. <laughs> yeah, you should. Also, about the time. I'm gonna get you. The, <laughs> I'm gonna get you. Yeah, About the time response. the slow four four gets a little boring, the uh, the drum like the drums pick up, and it, again that's like Dave just like knowing exactly what to do. Super interesting. Yeah, I love the bridge of this song is so good, and then like the whole last chorus because they like hold it out because Dave's like really like 
I feel like the kick's coming in a little bit harder, and, he, and then Toby's holding the, this is the way it goes, like, holding that part. Like, yeah. that's just, like, a perfect, like, big way to end your song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get some industrial postal service vibes. Yeah, how do y'all feel about this outro? I love it. Yeah. I think it's cool. I, I didn't. Because it's short. I didn't this time around. It, 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 it feels very of the time, which, like, makes sense. Like, like it made it, it made form. it like work during the time but i i don't need it it threw me off for a record that i'll already say as much as i love it feels a little long uh i don't feel like they needed uh, like yeah an industrial electro breakdown for like a minute at the end of a song yeah it threw me off the first time i listened to it on the record because before i just seen like the music video and heard the singles like it has a single and then like the first time it came on i was like what is this but I like stuff like that, like transition stuff and weird kind of just like yeah. stuff you only get if you get the record, the album version or something. Right. What's the one on? What's the thing on? Uh, They're only chasing safety. That's like this. The blue note. Uh, yeah. The one on yeah. uh, define the great line is uh, the Lord Some of the Rings Marnier. sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Uh, cool. Let's move on to track. We're only on track five. Oh my god. Oh my god. We're gonna be here all night. Left with alibis and lying eyes. Yo, did he murder somebody? Seriously, <laughs> the knife and the alibi, and watching someone stop stopping breathing. This is why. Okay, okay, God, I'm just I'm wasting all my notes for the second half of this record because they're all just general <laughs> album notes. We'll and just, I'm just go. Excited it'll to go talk faster. It. It's fine. Yeah, um, this needs to be like a rock opera, right? Like this has the same the more. same kind of intentionality that like is a real boy had. Like mm. I feel like. This is telling, like, it feels like such a concept record mm-hmm. that I just need this to, like, be like an off Broadway rock opera <laughs> that tells you know, the story what? of, like, a high school, shy, innocent, like, literary high school Christian boy who's, like, sexually repressed. sexually repressed and ends up, like, murdering somebody on accident. <laughs> and, like, there's oh a, like, dude, this would be a, like, I don't want to get caught. Like, yeah, uh-huh. I would I would fly to New York and go watch this. <laughs> well, Emery, and- hit us up. We'll help finance your The Question Rock <laughs> Opera with our four Patreon subscribers. It'll be a CJN Emery co-venture. We'll make it happen. I just want to be, as long as I'm in the chorus, I just want to be like... They don't have you know. choruses. We talked about this. <laughs> nice. Uh, giving giving credence to your your proposition about it being a rock opera they sing in this operatic style yeah i talked about that later on the record too and he oh go ahead go ahead oh i was say i do think that they did like study operatic singing but this is it's funny because like the theatrical nature of their singing is exactly the reason why my wife ali does not like emery is that right yes that's interesting she's anti-theatric i mean i get that it's very it's a specific specific choice style yeah so I feel like you, but yeah, I mean, I re- I didn't say 
opera, but like a lot of their melody choices feel very like musical theater. And the harmonies, especially. Yeah, it feels super musical theater. Okay, Josh, I have a question for you. Yes. This song specifically brought up for me, like what what amps does Emery generally use? Because the tone on the guitar of this song, plus I think in my brain what I remember seeing, plus kind of this kind of band around the time, in my brain I just associate Emery with orange amps. They might. Huh. I don't know if they were using that or Marshalls. I know now they're using like AC30s and stuff like that. Right. And I know Matt's, nice. Matt's just like playing like Telecasters. Um, right. I do remember in his early years, he was playing like a lot of first act guitars. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's he so was. Good. Which I was like, what Amazing. are you doing, man? So that's a, that's I don't a know, real if, I don't know if they were recording ballsy. on them. I don't give yeah, a fuck rock. move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's punk rock, <laughs> so also, Josh, I was going to ask if you had any timing uh, or time signature notes on on this one, because I, I think I had tracked that the intro is like six eight into two four or something like that and whatever the change is is like really cool and just kind of blew me away yes it starts in six eight it ha- i couldn't count the pre-chorus that was throwing me off but then it switched to it switches to four four in the chorus and then it keeps going until it goes back to six eight in the bridge yeah this is crazy stuff man yep this is a song i don't really have any notes on it but i've always loved it and i still really love it Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh, we were talking today about how hard it was to write notes for this record. I don't know if we want to like get into that. I don't know what it. I I want to get in. I'm curious what you like. I don't like, know what it is what's, because what's your deal, Kylan? Because your deal, man. <laughs> I listened to this record. So we talked about this on on Larry Norman. How I listen to that record a bunch. Usually, I'll listen to a record two, maybe three times. Uh, I've listened to this record at least five times. Wow. Uh, but it was really hard for me to like write notes. Maybe I was like a little overwhelmed with how complex and dense this record actually is. Normally there's so. like one which, or two things we can pick out. Like that was a cool thing they did, but right. the whole record which is, is kind that you're of, like, kind of the, the beauty of Emery though, uh, mm-hmm. that, they they can pull off that like incredibly complex but seemingly really catchy and and simple there's something about because it because there's so much i remembered from this record but like yeah having to like sit down and like like critically analyze it felt really overwhelming when you mostly just want to be like this is this is so good you just want to like enjoy it yeah exactly like i just want to jam out but it's you want to rock out to it it's just so good well, this has been Church Jams now. Uh, <laughs> we quit at three songs, and now at, the, at track five, too. Oh, my God. We've only done five. five tracks on a 12-track yes. album. Jesus Christ. Let's jump into track six. Track number six. <laughs> Listening to Freddie Mercury. The bank, I believe Is this a 3-4 fast waltz? 
because yes, I don't one, know the two, difference three, between three, four, and six, two, eight. But one, two, so three, the thing one, is, two, the phrasing, three, yeah. like the progression, is too short for it to be six, eight. So it feels like it's like or is it's he going starting over between three, lot. four, and six, eight. Because he has some of those. Well, longer... the, here's where it drops to six, eight for right. sure. That one, the two, swing three, kind four, of five, style. Six, one. But I think the beginning is like is, straight, is three, four. Like fast I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which is crazy. <laughs> like crazy. All right, man. Why not? <laughs> Freaking wild. Again with some nonsense syllables. Da 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 da. da. Yeah, and that feels da, very waltzy too. Da, da, da. Yeah. yeah. And like, it does. Oh, but it works. <laughs> it does. This song, I love. I don't know why, but I love songs that mention a bunch of names. Yes. Like it feels very narrative. Oh, yeah. It's like a. It feels like a story. That I feel like we've talked about this, Kyle, in like uh, specificity mm-hmm. um, as a tool of like a lot of like older country songs, right? Um, and and how we both really appreciate that. And here's Emery doing it on track six. Would you like to know the names and how they relate to people? I feel no, like I I'm used good. to know this. I'm good. Oh, okay. Fine. Josh, All just right. teasing now. You gotta tell me. You gotta Let's tell go. Me. Okay, I'm here for it. Let's I was do it. at it. I think Toby went through all them at an Emory show I went to one time, and there's a couple I don't remember. But so Gary's getting drunk. Is Gary is Toby's brother? To forget Sarah, I don't know who Sarah was. Sarah stealing Sarah stealing money from her parents. Aaron's lying straight to John. Aaron Sprinkle, producer of this record, a tooth <laughs> and nail producer extraordinaire, <laughs> is lying straight to John Dunn. Emery's A and R and bassist <laughs> in Demon Hunter. Oh my God! What? Amazing yep. about Megan and the things that went on. Megan is Devin's wife. Jess- Jessica's okay. a gossip, which is Toby's wife. <laughs> Laura's a slut, which is Dave's wife. <laughs> oh no! And the story was so Dave is new to the band, and they have this song ready, and then so Dave's brand new to the band, and he's like, "Hey man, like Laura really wants to be in the song. Can you put her in?" And he's like, "He's like." <laughs> Toby's like the only spot I have left is the slut line, and he's like, "It's fine, just put her in; she'll she'll love it." So, so that Do we is. Know if she loved it? I, that's such I a. Have never heard from Laura. Too. Yeah, there's no way that. she loved it. No, I wouldn't. So no, yeah, no, no, that's, no, she's fine. She's fine. She'll yeah, love yeah. It. That's so, so that's Dave's funny. wife. Oh, uh, Derek hits Bridget. I don't remember who Derek is. Bridget is Matt's wife, though. Derek Jeter. Yeah, that's Derek Jeter. That's yep. their bro with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ben deals drugs. I don't know who Ben was. Seth spends all his money gambling. Seth Studley was their former drummer, drummer for their first record, mm. and he'll come up again. And then Joey stopped praying. Joey Svensson, who was their founding bassist, and then who also founded Bad Christian with them. Right. So those are all the names except for the three I forgot. So nice fun fact. Wild. It was really interesting. I was never like super crazy about this song. And then when they started the whole Bad Christian thing, like they would, every time I saw Emery, they would play this song. And then whenever they started Bad Christian, then I was like, why this song? And then when they started Bad Christian, I feel like this really like shows like the mantra for what they were like about, like all the Mm. stuff that people are going. And it's not job. It's not our job to make anyone believe. So it was like, after they started Bad Christian, I was like, oh, like they were kind of laying like, that ideology was like work. yeah was yeah. in this song so i it mm-hmm. made sense why this was always one that they played and something that has meant a lot to them hmm it's so good that's cool man thanks for sharing that yeah makes me love this song even more there you go 
Yeah, I don't have anything else to contribute. It's just a rad song. In linear too, doesn't have any chorus. I know. Has that first half I love the organ half. at the end. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, makes it kind of churchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, is great because it. Uh, oh wait, no, never mind. I'm thinking of if in between Fourth and Second Street was right after this, I think it would work way better. That's the oh, old, my only yeah. alternate mm-hmm. track list. Thing. Alternate track I list. like that to split up the record. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think that would be a much better place. Now that we are halfway, I asked you guys if you had any preference whether you liked Toby or Devin, their voice, or and or if that played into which songs you liked. Oh right. From them, if you guys. I think have I'm a answers. Toby guy. I think. Yeah. Explain yourself. Well, I don't know the difference. Between the two, who, which one well, is Doesn't he Toby? sing more of the lead? He does sing more, stuff? but I know they're both yeah. like the lead vocals, but he sings more of the which lead. Which I think lead, at right? this point, yeah, Devin, the only Devin song has been playing with fire up to this point. Mm-hmm. Devin has a couple on the back half, right. though. Toby uh, always yeah, I has think had I like more Toby. songs. Yeah. Devin feels a lot more of the like musical theater kind of thing, which, mm-hmm. which. At some points works for me, and at some points really doesn't. Toby is more, maybe a little less range, but a little more across the board consistent in terms of like what my brain is expecting, and especially on an album that is as like secretly chaotic as this, I think <laughs> I kind of like latched onto that. Hmm. What about you? It's like the one yeah. grounding element, right? What about you, Josh? Yeah. I've always been a Toby guy, and. It's interesting that like in the band they always like talk about like how like pretty Devin's voice is and like a lot of people I've heard like love Devin's voice and like mm-hmm. I rec- I can probably recognize that maybe he's like on paper the better singer but I feel like Toby has like more emotion and dynamic sure. in his singing. yeah yeah no De- so, so yeah and I do love his voice like, too like Devin is more musical theater feels a little more like vocally trained but mm-hmm. Toby has a little you know, has you that some, front man energy. Yeah. It's got like a real, like I get a real emotional connection from, from what he sings. TJ, what about Agreed. you? Same. Same. Y'all, y'all summed it all up, man. God, I'm Toby's. just finding out right. how boring it is when we all agree on every, <laughs> every single element of a record. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> this might we'll simultaneously be my favorite and the most boring episode of Church Jams now. <laughs> We're all just like, fuck, I don't know. It's good. Yeah, this is a good record. It's well said, good. TJ. I, I agree. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We all love it. Yeah, I'm just now realizing like how much how much we thrive on conflict. I feel like it's <laughs> nice every now and then because we do get a lot of episodes where we get like we just bash some records. So it's nice to have something where we're all like, yes. We all that like, is yes. that is true. Yeah. I'm okay. It's a rare okay yeah. It is rare that we all predicted a bop and i think we're gonna end i haven't said anything i could still go flop you never know yeah sure Uh uh-huh sure (laughs) yep track number seven the weakest I wrote my notes in real time. I said, this song might actually be the weakest. <laughs> but that was a dumb joke. That's actually not true. 
this chorus is so tight. Okay. <laughs> the I I said, what in the actual jam band heck is going on here? Yeah. Because that intro, it's like I wonder what you if you uh, counted this, Josh. But I think I don't know. Maybe there's multiple ways to count it, but I think I counted a bar of nine eight and a bar of six eight, and then another. Nine eight That's and another so six eight before That's it jumps so into the four four. <laughs> I love it. Like to whatever Dave was doing, right? He yeah. was like on another level, and the rest of the band was just like, "Oh, yeah, uh, uh, okay, okay, man, we'll yeah, yeah, that, that's cool, you, that's cool, that yeah, we like that, that works, that's fine, that's fine." And they're like all just kind of like peeing their pants a little bit. Like, how did we get this guy in our band? <laughs> He's so good. That's how no, I felt. I didn't even count this one, but like, you're probably right. I'll go with your counting. Because it's just crazy. Like, it's very arrhythmic. But you're not mad about it, no, right? It, no, it, it all flows. Just underneath the chord progression. Yeah, but oh, it's not, it's like, beautiful. flashy the way that, like, you know, right. going back to, like, Nate Young in Cities, where the drumming was really good, but it was very much, like... Very in your face. Yeah, this is almost yeah. like a like a really deceptive... Like, like Jason McGurr from Death Cab is my favorite drummer of all time. Great because drummer. you listen to a Death Cab song, you almost never think about the drums. But if you watch any videos of him breaking down what he's doing, he's like, okay, so your right leg is doing 5-4, and your left leg oh, on yeah. the hi-hat is doing 6-8, and, and then you're doing 12-8 with your left hand, and your right he's hand... He's the silent killer. It is like... It's a full-on freaking calculus lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On when you listen to it in context with the rest of the band, is just like, oh, it just sounds like he's doing like do da do do da do da, right? And it just like sounds mm-hmm. so simple and makes the song better. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's the same thing on this record, man. Like the drums yeah. are never overpowering, no. but they're so complex, so interesting. You know, I don't I don't know if I'm ADD or anything like that, but I was definitely just like never bored. And I'm so often bored by a lot of the choices that drummers make on the albums that we cover on this for sure podcast. So I was just like, yeah, I'm here for this. <laughs> like I was lighting up all the pleasure centers yeah. of my well, Emery is making more sense like to me, like for you on this list. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. And the it's... synth work like I, I love a good synth line. Mm-hmm. And all the vocals, like, whew. yeah, this has some great parts where like Toby and Devin are singing different lines over each other, which I'm always like for, like, oh, that's what I said about the last vocals. song too. Yes, the double vocal thing, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. everyone take a drink, taking back like Sunday, round singing kind of thing is like, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm always here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. And and both parts, anytime it happens, you never are thinking like, oh, that other part doesn't belong. Right. That's what I find really impressive. Like, never does the second vocal part that might be a little further back in the mix, never does it feel like it's getting in the way of whatever the lead vocal part is doing. Right. They, they sort of coalesce and thread between each other really beautifully, which isn't easy, I think. It's pretty hard to do. Yeah, for sure. Very. Especially when your songs already have so much going on. I have a lyrical note that I like the line my contributions only go so far without monetary gain from my part, which I said is a very poetic mm. way to say 
pay me some money. Yeah, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's great. Yeah. I'm like, I'm for it. I'm I for know. the poetic ride mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. let's poeticize this regular line. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, every regular people, fuck you, pay me. Me, an intellectual. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like you know what he was thinking, but he's like, I have to write it this way and make it rhyme and stuff like that. And then my only other note for this song is this at four oh four. This is the second longest song on the record, but it's Mm. only because it has a piano outro. The proper song ends at three minutes and thirty two seconds. And I like that piano outro. But again, it's like, why didn't they put in between fourth and second street right after this one? I'm just like, I'm so confused. You like a, a transition into a transition? Yeah. Well, I don't understand. I get. I guess we'll get to it, but I don't understand why "In Between Fourth and Second Street" needs to be its own track when they have these insanely long outros and stuff on these other songs. Like, why did this one? That's get true. Yeah. Out? I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll get yeah, to it. Know. But before then, we got to get to track number eight, "Miss Behaven." I think it's pronounced Behaven. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote sweet sweet bass again. And the sweet sweet bass, I love that it's the bass line is ascending while the guitar chords are staying the same. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. so good. Uh, I also wrote this this album is just mixed so well. Very well. It's so good. It's so balanced. It feels really spacious. Like there's a lot of room within the mix, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like that, like Lord Algae, like wall of sound. But it mm-hmm. still manages to get really big. But you can hear that it is like a, you know, you can hear all the individual parts. Like they're given yes. space within the mix. I just think that's really cool. Well done, yeah. Jerry McNeely. For real. Mm-hmm. I like his falsetto in the one. Part I love song. that it's like the falsetto over like a heavy part. Like uh-huh. how often do you get like a heavy part <laughs> musically? And then he's like, I'm going to go into falsetto for this one note. Right. I love that. I wrote this feels like uh, Bone Palace Ballet era Chiodos. Oh, I Only can see that. Only a little less chaotic, oh. like a little less screamy. Mm-hmm. But I definitely got it like a Bone Palace Ballet vibe. Feels like Harlequin theater. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is one I never realized there wasn't a proper chorus to until this listen. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, right. what? It's a <laughs> linear song? It's a s- sneaky, sneaky mm-hmm. trick they pulled on us. It's just wild. All right. I have nothing else on this song. Yeah. It's, so, it's in 4-4, four, four and it switches to 6-8 towards the end. So you get the yep. classic. Dave's doing his thing. Yep. And the there's that mandolin um, that comes in later. I thought that was oh, a nice yeah. touch. Oh, yeah. The little part that comes into like the tremolo picking part. Yep. I didn't even catch that. Yes. Yeah. I love that. If you would have it's asked so me, small, is there a like mandolin really on an Emery record? I'd be like, Psh, what are you talking no. about? No. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, yeah, this, this record feels very musical theater. Like it needs to be a rock yeah. opera. Oh, and right here, the string hits. Oh, my God. This is totally musical theater. You're not wrong. Right? That's what I'm saying. I love so, it. like, Emery, reach out to us. We will, we will, we will help write. You're the question rock opera. I'll, I'll write the book, man. You got the lyrics. You got the music. I'll write, I'll write the rest of the story and the dialogue. 
We'll put your name on there under CJN, presented by CJN <laughs> and Emery. And I'll be the one chorus boy. Perfect. <laughs> Just one guy. Perfect. <laughs> no, TJ, you're going to be, it's a one-man show. Oh, oh yeah, no. It's all you. Oh, no. Oh, it'll be a lot. I have to be a high schooler. <laughs> you, you have to put a lot of makeup on And you have to sing all me, those man. double parts yep. at one, as one at person. At the same time. Yes. Do some throat singing. <laughs> For sure. Uh, well, let's move on to track number nine, In Between 4th and 2nd Street. Least favorite track on this album. I don't think so. Lot, no, that's I've got not a lot true. of notes on this re- on this song, guys. Do you I've really? Got a lot to say. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I don't. Uh, I have more notes on this one than the last one. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> uh, no. So I always skip this song. And looking at the Spotify stats, it seems like everyone else does too. <laughs> hmm. I always thought it was so boring, but it does feel like a good palate cleanser. Yeah, that's what I said. It was a nice reprieve. It feels like an old hymn mixed with like a silent era film score. Like it starts out <laughs> real yes. like Baptist church hymn, and then that sort of discordant Turns piano yeah. doing that like arpeggiated like walk up feels very like yeah like vaudeville, uh, silent era Hollywood mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm still yeah. just confused why this got its own track. I think it's only just to have the playful name of in between fourth and second street when you're like you mm-hmm. could just call it third street but like we're gonna have some fun with it mm-hmm. that's probably the only reason why yeah this was one of the moments that like so i agree with your point earlier kylan about how they they do take like these kind of high school ideas and they like elevate them they come at them from a little more intellectual space uh, there are some moments across this album lyrically where it felt a little like, you know, freshman philosophy class, kind of like a little over the top, right. a little like, or maybe overly poetic in, in some ways where it didn't land for me personally. And this, even just this track, like it being a separate track, it being called what it is, it being this kind of haunting piano interlude, that all feels a little like pseudo intellectual and like, I'm not mad about it necessarily. I kind of like it. I do like, too. Okay. I just I wish it was at a I different. I for... wish it was at a different place on the record. Yeah, I agree. I I think it would have been I... a lot more successful at what they were trying. I mean, I don't know what they were trying to go for, yeah. but narratively. But if it was like it would... smack dab in the middle, it would. F- yeah, if it's separated, so yeah. separating. Be... I think that would be cool. But in that case, I think it should still come immediately before the terrible secret. Because the way that that piano does that kind of uh, ascending arpeggiated line, and then the way Terrible Secret kicks in, right? So strong. I think they're like, they're sort of just linked, you know, like for sure. And maybe it's just association over years and years of me hearing those songs back to back. But that makes sense, though. But you know what? That's as good a transition as any we're gonna come up with to move on to track ten, the Terrible Secret. Always you waiting on. The skin, the taste, the drug, the need. I'm asking, tell me you don't need. Erase 
super fun. Is this like the poppiest song on the record? This is the most musical theater song. I think it's both. Especially with the wait, wait, wait lines. I think most I could see this in a musical based specifically on his melody choices. Hmm. If you change the instrumentation, this, this like some of those lines that we just heard, um, could totally be in like a Broadway musical. I hear what you're saying about the pop leanings though, Josh. Yeah. I think it's very poppy. Well, I mean, have you Especially guys... Especially that drum pattern. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is kind of the most boring musically. Wait, wait, wait. Or maybe I'm just starting to get bored. I'm just starting to get a little worn out because this is like a really long record. Well, and I think the only thing that side B suffers from is that it has a lot of just like bam, 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 bam songs instead of having like a slower song because all these songs right. are just like like the first 10 songs other than in between fourth and second street are just like hit 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 right, like, right. And it's just energy. like high energy yeah you don't have that mm-hmm. like we're gonna bring it down for a little bit so you're gonna get that natural flow so i think yep. I, that's probably what you're feeling and i feel it too sometimes yeah this this is unrelated to the closing song on their first record the secret so on their first record they had a song called the secret now they have a song called the terrible secret and then on their third record they have the terrible horrible no good bad day Very secret, bad. <laughs> secret. <laughs> emery like and the terrible it's like a pokemon <laughs> no. they're the evolutions yep yeah this is one that also has another key change in it like i think when it comes oh, into yeah. the second verse like it's like it's like just subtle enough so I'm like I think they change keys but you have to really pay attention to like notice anything that's different but I think yeah. they did but and then I they go back you. right yes so I think this is my least favorite song simply because compared to the rest of the record uh this is the only song that I feel like could 100% have been written by any of their contemporaries that's it. You know what I mean? That's like it. like every other yeah. song on this record is so specifically an Emery song, like from lyrical content to uh the song structure to like mm-hmm. every to the the drums, the bass, the guitars, all of it feel yeah. very specifically Emery. And this one yes. could have could have been any other band that was on Tooth and Nail at this time. Or even like um like a mainstream, like a secular label. Right. Like um I think that's it, because because basically they they sort of like wrote out their thesis on tracks one through eight. They drop you into this transition track that Kylan's like, get it out of here, it doesn't belong, and then they play you the most like predictable sounding song. Right. It's not bad. Right. It's that they've it's that they've done so much more with all their other songs right. leading up to this that comparatively it's not as interesting or ear catching. Yeah, like like you could cut this song from this record and not miss. Which is, I think it's so funny though, because I would, if this song were by another band, I feel like it would be a single. Oh, for sure, it's totally you got that I mean? vibe. Yeah, exactly. that's what I'm saying. Well, like, that's why Emery's so fucking rad, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. the song we don't like yeah. as much. If this was by like the classic crime or something, single. it would be like right. the single. The main right. single from the record. Right. And that wouldn't be bad. It's a really good song. But then in the context it's of the context. rest of this That's record, it. yeah, it feels weak. No, this is the question, not Week's End. Is this the weakest song? Yes. My terrible secret is that I'm 
ready to move on to the next track. Here we go, track number 11 in a lose-lose <laughs> situation. I did. Ha- I had the thought. I was like, "What it would be like if they had changed things around and put this as like the close of side A, of side A, as track yep. track six, and then they had in a win-win situation as." Yep. I do like them going together. Like that's obviously a cool idea. But I was like, you could have it close out side A and then have the win-win close out side B. A little symmetry. Yeah. I yep. think that's a better. Yep. That's a better call. Saul. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <Good> call. <laughs> Thanks. It's Saul. it's Paul now actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that Got might it. be my favorite joke in in all of CJN history. CJN history. <laughs> thank, you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Ah, that was some real like Del Close yes and shit. That was so <laughs> rude. <rad. laughs> <laughs> uh, Perfect. That's so good, especially considering I don't have notes. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the only thing is that like I feel like I mean it does pick up. That's the thing is like they don't even they can't even have like a slow chill song because like this song picks up and it's going it starts out where you think like oh this is the break and then it gets going again which is fun so yeah. but i'm like if they'd have had maybe this is like track seven or eight maybe track side b would flow a little bit better so you wouldn't right. get as like overwhelmed by the time the terrible secret comes on but i'm just speculating this one also doesn't have a chorus we're gonna get one of them on this podcast one day and, Let's do it. And hope that they don't listen to this episode where we're <laughs> where so we can retain a modicum of professionalism. <laughs> I will say this is maybe my favorite scream moment in the whole album. Yeah. This I think really that's a Devin scream life. too. Not yours. Yeah, because most of the time it's either Toby or Josh doing it, but that mm-hmm. was Devin. So you probably yeah. like the Devin screams. I do. You're a Toby guy, but a Devin scream guy. But a Devin scream. That's valid. Guy. I love that's this right. guitar tone right here in this kind of yeah. like breakdown part. Yeah, I feel like if if this were just kind of the song, like if it was kind of the back half was the song, it wouldn't maybe sag as much, like dynamically. Because mm-hmm. like you said, Josh, they go up. It's almost like maybe if they'd started up and then dropped down. But the way the song is would be an awesome uh, ender for side A. Yeah. Yep. So, I don't know. A lot of effective emotion in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, like the vocal performances are dripping with a lot of feels, which I don't know. Feels so it just needs to be a rock opera. I need to see this on stage, mm-hmm. and then adapt it into a movie. There you go. <laughs> which will then be adapted into an Amazon Prime series. That's right. Okay, so guys, we are officially spinning off Church Jams now into a film production company, right? What do we call it? How could this go wrong? CJM Productions. What will we call it? See, this oh, is okay, why yeah, we need perfect. Joe because Joe and I will do this all the time <laughs> hell yeah we're gonna do that all right all right let's we'll just that. call it the same thing it's fine it's all it's all <laughs> the same thing let's just do it all right let's make movies now perfect yeah i'm this song is good but it feels weirdly it feels longer than the last track which is like basically two minutes longer yeah. well do we want to go ahead and go to the last track let's do it all right here we go the last track guys we did it in a win-win situation
filter on the drums. I think, yeah, this song starts mm-hmm. so good, and especially that piano line. And then you don't expect it, it. When, when you hear the. I feel like we've kind of been like we, we've been conditioned to believe that when you hear like a filtered drum intro like that, that it's gonna get like really big or heavy right after that but they don't do that right like you hear yeah i like that do do da do da and then you expect like big guitars to come right <sighs> in there yeah mm-hmm. and then it's just like this like weird little string and piano thing that's so good yeah just keep it mellow and that's why i think this is a really solid closer mm-hmm. because it really is kind of intentionally closer. structured and they're keeping it low on purpose yep because they're like we know where we're headed we know where we're going we're bringing it down. Taking our time. Oh, yeah. I have, <laughs> do you have notes on this, Kylan? Or no, I don't. I, I oh, wasted don't. all my notes in the first three songs <laughs> slash the first 47 minutes of our conversation. <laughs> I'll make up for it. Right, I've got notes on it because this is probably my favorite closing song on an Emery record. And oh, wow. Emery, as much as I love their records, a lot of them kind of lose me after like, it's like the first six to eight songs are great. And then towards the mm-hmm. end, I'm just kind of like, I feel like they kind of fall off a little bit. Falls but this off, one yeah. is like, is like my favorite. I think the best closing song on an Emery record, just because it's got so much dynamics. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of great stuff going on. The, there's like the bass and the pre-chorus has some really cool stuff going on. There's some mm-hmm. sweet, sweet bass there, if you will. So uh, it's just got a bunch of stuff. I love the line, just between the rock and paper, the scissors cut in so much deeper, which feels kind of mm-hmm. like emo, but I love just like the play on the rock, paper, scissors and like making that work. You kind of like it so much that so you're like, all right, I'll let you get away I'll with give, that. Yeah, I'll give it a pass. Like, <laughs> I probably could have wrote that, but you pulled it off so well that, like, yeah, that's it good. It gets a pass. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Definitely one of those. I'll say also the the chorus, just in general, of this song is the same thing for me. Like, it's a little predictable, but, like, it's so good. And it, and like the the emotion is but very and also as well. by this point they've like earned that, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Because they and the way the like the melody of it, like the everything that's happening instrumentally, it's very vibey. Like it's a mood, and you know you're at the end of the record. Like and so you're like, okay, we're at the end of the journey here, and yeah, if you can't sleep alone, I'm better off. I'm better off. If you can't hear the song, turn it off. Turn it off. If you cast the first stone, then throw them all. Like, so whoa. Good. So good. I'll go there with you, Emery. Yeah, because by this point in the record, yeah, like I said, like they've earned it. Yeah. Because you've been along on this whole journey. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. And I well, like that this one doesn't get like big and heavy and like whatever. Like right, I like that kinda... they keep it at the level that they keep it at. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's still anthemic, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of heart in it and a lot of big, swelling, you know, musical moments. But they don't, yeah, they don't go, like, heavy or they're not doing the the hardcore. Right. They're... Feels like the end of a rock opera. Keeping it musical theater, yeah. <laughs> like, I hate to be a broken record about this, but you're not wrong, man. So good. You named it. You really named it. So funny. Well, do we have anything else about this song? What do y'all think of the, the hidden the track, outro? if you will? Yeah, the outro mm-hmm. hidden bonus track. I love it. It's so good. I love it too. Because <laughs> I think it's like, 
<laughs> okay, we're cute. We all agree. So boring. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I, I mean, think... we all know it's good, right? Okay, what what more to talk about? <laughs> okay, cool. On. I I did want to say I think it's like, I think it actually is really necessary to sort of land the concept of yep. the question, because right, if the whole thing is the the question of you know each each track kind of like when da 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 da. At the end of it, like there's so much in this album that, you know, is kind of posing questions or um, pointing out issues or whatever and not knowing kind of where things are going to end up. We end up finally here with this outro part that's like a sense of closure, a sense of finality, a sense of contentment, even with loss, Mm -hmm. even with some despair, even with grief, like it's acceptance, right? It's ultimate acceptance. It's I'll stay here. You'll be gone for another year. The plans that I've made have fallen on deaf ears and I'm beside myself now that you've gone. I'm beside myself now that you've gone. It's just like this brutal, is like but it's also beautiful. When you're like in the theater, the play <laughs> you think has ended and then just a spotlight. You're oh just <laughs> sitting on the stage, just singing this. The original so post-credit scene, right? It's yeah. so good on the stage of the yeah. one-man show. Thank you. Did. That was really good. I like really brought in some big concepts, stuck it right in there at the end. That was really good. I'm sneaky like that. I only like have Murray. some trivia stuff. Yes, yes, very much like them. Uh, I think they refer to this little bonus track as like the soldier because you oh, kind of cool. get soldier vibe, like his soldiers writing to his love or something like that. Mm. And the female vocals are sung by Melanie Studley, the wife of original drummer Seth Studley, who was referenced in Listening to Freddie Mercury. And nice. Melanie Studley cool. also was an early producer of the Labeled podcast, if I remember correctly. Oh, cool. So, awesome. Yeah. Right on. So, no. I always I really like it, and I think it's great. Great way to end the record. Of all like the little outros and stuff like that, this one feels like the most necessary like you could lose all the other ones and be fine but this one like you definitely keep it i agree yeah it's like like you don't need the secret track from the end of two lefts it's just like fun (laughs) but this like it was like part of the just a dream part of the whole concept Mm -hmm. well cool guys so it comes down to this i mean this album was like a hard flop for me. Uh, we hated so it. <laughs> I hope they get better on their next record. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really a shame. I've heard that I'm only a we man wasted is our like time. the best Emery record. So the fan favorite mm-hmm. for sure. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. Hoping. Mm-hmm. No, it actually is such a good record. I can't wait to cover it. It is. But, okay, <laughs> if you guys couldn't figure out by now, maybe this is not. Maybe podcasts aren't for you. Maybe like entertainment isn't for you. Whoa. Uh, I feel like I was pretty on the nose. <laughs> what? You're just pointing. I can hear you. Yeah. No, you're. Mike cut out. Okay, you. but when you do that, you can just talk to me. I can oh, still I didn't hear know you. That you. Okay. I can still I hear know. you. I was just I so now we're you. all just quiet. Okay. I could hear you. Your mic went out. Uh, this record was a bop. It was a bop for me. Yeah, it was. It was so good. Did you love it, man? You listened to it five times? Five times, dude. That's crazy, man. Uh, my daughter loved it. It's Willow yeah. approved. As she should. 
She yeah. loves like heavy good music job, and music. She loves music with a really good beat. Because mm-hmm. when we all eat breakfast together, we just listen to music. And I was playing this a couple times, and she would just do her little like baby thing where her hands are just that. going in the air. That's and the but best. she's started headbanging. I taught her how mm-hmm. to headbang, so she like yeah, you did headbang this whole record. Nice. Would you cut anything? Would you rearrange anything? Uh, you do? yeah. I started writing an alternate track list, and then I was honestly, I I think we covered most of it. I think if in a lose lose situation, kind of ended side A. Um, and then in between fourth and second street, I'm down to keep it. If it starts side B, I think you can cut the terrible secret. Hmm. Everything else I feel is incredibly necessary to the experience of this record. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So yeah, it was a flop for me. What do you, what do you guys think? Obviously I'll go since I think it's obviously a bop for me as well. Um, it's Bob. I listen to it all the time. It's <laughs> easy, easy Bob. It was hard coming up with notes at first. Right. Like, it wasn't until I started like when I started counting a lot of the time signatures. I guess I was able to unlock some analytical. So most stuff of your notes me. were just math. That's why it was. Yeah, and I'm like I can count at least to six guys. Like <laughs> you guys know that about me. I do know that um, there, there are a few things I know about Josh. Yes. One yes, for sure is that he can count to six at least. At least, just don't play anything in like seven eight or nine eight. Because also, I'm out just for in that. general, don't play anything in seven eight unless you're an asshole <laughs> <laughs> or dream theater. Which two go hand same point. <laughs> Ouch! Wow. If you're a listener wow. out there, fighting words. If you're a dream yeah, theater, <laughs> if if you are, <laughs> John Petrucci's listening to this. <laughs> I hope so. John, come on on. He's probably all into the prog stuff from this episode yeah, dude. yeah, yeah probably um actually i actually see. got him on to cover i'm only a man so oh perfect yeah <laughs> perfect. Sure he'll love that's it. great uh we talked about like basically everything at this point i was like do i have a least favorite song and i said maybe the terrible secret it's one of those like it's not bad by itself but just in the context of the record, right you well it's like it. like we talked about like it would 100 percent be the lead single if any other band recorded it but in the context of this record it feels the weakest which is such. But it's not, but not the weakest. The song title. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and so I'm saying solid Bob. It's hard to know if it's my favorite Emory record because I do love In Shallow Seas We Sail, but I, it probably is the best Emory record. Hmm. So that's my closing thoughts on the matter. All right. It's a very balanced uh, opinion there, Josh. I respect that. Thanks, TJ. Well, the answer. <laughs> Oh. To the question, do we open the multiverse feel... again? <laughs> the answer to the question, how do I feel about the question, is that I feel that the question has answered my call. It was a collect call, you see, and I can confidently confirm that this song collection, entitled The Question, is a stone cold bop. <laughs> Three bops. TJ, when I was watching you get taken over by some alternate universe <laughs> version of you. <laughs> You'll never know the initials of this one. Be, be, be honest with me. How many times did you practice that today? N- none. I wrote it out and then 
I was like, I don't even know what I'm gonna do. I was I was thinking I might go pert happily on it. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it just feels very pert happily. Well, I, I like what you did. It was felt very it felt theater. theater. It yeah, felt yeah very, thank very you. Theater. No, I, I like had to that. bring it home. Keep it in the keep it on theme. On a record, on an episode of us being really predictable and just agreeing with each other, that was a nice little like, oh, what's what's I happening here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thought that'd be a good way to go out. Perfect. Kylan, you're out again. No, I'm not. Why is it so low? <laughs> I love like, how mad you get. It's like we're just like I don't know. There's technical problems. I might have. I don't know. Zoom might be doing some like auto suppression or something. Like gating or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I have Could a be. suppressed background noise. Oh, that's Ooh. what this is getting. Oh, that's what's go. going on. It's okay. We got local stuff, but uh, yeah, it's fine. yeah, that's right. The only other thing I wanted to say about the question related is there is an 8-bit version that uh, an That's artist true. named Zarin did in the em- Emery blessed them putting it out. So it's like you can find it on Spotify and it's fun to like throw it on and listen to it while like you're working or if you're doing homework or something like that. And or if you're I feel playing like, like an old video game, yeah, if you're but playing you like don't want to listen to right. that music, but you want similar music. Yeah, it's really well done though. I feel like a couple of other people have done stuff like that, and it's always like it's always just, just did yeah. it really quick. But this one is really well done, and it. I mean, you really have to because all if the you think about like the musical and... theory of this record, I mean, oh yeah, we could better even... do it right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. What was the artist's name? It's Zaren by it's C Z A R E N N E. But it should be like if you're on. Emery's Spotify page, it shows up. So Nice. Sweet. Check it out. Well, guys, that's going to be it for this week. Uh, if you enjoyed that, please follow us on all the social media on Twitter, Instagram, Church Jams Now. If you look for us on Facebook, Church Jams Now Podcast. Also, we have a Patreon where you can get episodes ahead of time plus a bunch of bonus content. We have all of our origin stories up there. Um, plus some bonus episodes like we talk about going to our first concerts and things like that. Uh, it's all super great. If you just go to patreon.com and search for Church Jams Now podcast, you will find it. Uh, I don't think there's anything else, so we will see you guys next time on... Uh, wait, what's that? This was volume 22. So we will see you on volume 23 with maybe a surprise or two in between there. Mm. Um, yeah. So from all of us here at CJN, may all your favorite bands stay together and peace out, Mall Fresh.